I think it's wonderful when you try and stop people praying and they keep praying. That's fantastic. Thank you, Carol. And thank you to Carol for the way that you're uh, leading our prayer ministry. Uh, and I just love, love the way that you're doing that, encouraging us all in the importance of prayer. If we're wanting to make a difference in the world, I think it all begins with prayer. And uh, I encourage you to be part of our, our prayer nights Thursday night. It'd be great to see uh, lots of people here as, as we gather together and, and pray together. And as we want to take this vision for this year to reach out into our community, let's be praying for that, that God open opportunities. So encourage you to be part of that. So we are starting a brand new little series that I'm entitling Love Where You're At, to be loving where you're at. And this is coming out of our desire to... Uh, uh, have the vision go forth and to be instilled in our lives, uh, to actually be reaching out and, and bearing fruit in, in the community around us. And uh, last week we had Reb Matson from our Alice Springs uh, Christian Family Centre. Uh, she came and she shared with us uh, so wonderfully and so powerfully, and I thought it really led beautifully out of our Vision Sunday uh, message. And just a reminder, if you weren't here, I know that there are a few people away with the long weekend. Uh, they came to share about uh, an initiative that they're going to be starting soon, uh, which is building some uh, a building for their church up in Alice Springs. And it's a really exciting thing. Uh, in the foyer on your way out, if you didn't grab one of these last week, uh, grab one of these and have a look through it. Some really exciting things that are, are happening uh, in Alice Springs. And at the end of this month, we want to take up a special uh, love offering to support our, our family up there in, in Alice and see uh, that building uh, take place. So it'd be great for you to do that. I've also this morning uh, linked the video to our Facebook page. So go onto our Facebook page if you didn't get to see the video, because the video is really uh, a powerful way of sharing what they, what they are doing up there. So grab one of those on your way out. So love where you're at. I have a, a desire that we really take seriously uh, Jesus' words to us, that we love our neighbour as ourself. And I, I think it's really important that we as a church take seriously the simplicity of this sentence uh, because... So often we are looking for something deep and meaningful and powerful and insightful, and yet we miss the simplicity of what Jesus is actually asking us to do, to come back to that. And I think there's some improvement in us as a church culture in loving our neighbour as ourself. And I'm putting my hand up first and foremost and saying there's improvement that needs to happen in my life as I follow Jesus to love my neighbour as myself. And so that's the reason why we are looking at the topic to love where we are at. So if you've got your Bibles uh, with you, if you've got a device and you want to read along, we're looking at uh, Matthew chapter 22 today, starting at verse 36. Some context to the passage. Many of you would know that there was a, a, a teacher of the law, an expert in the law, the word says, 
So here we've got an expert, someone who, who knows their stuff. And Jesus has just had uh, some interaction with the Sadducees and uh, he's sort of dealt with their uh, questions. And, this, and it's almost as if this, this expert in this law, this Pharisee, is trying to trick Jesus, trying to trip him up. You know, he, he knows everything, this guy. And he comes up to Jesus with this, with this kind of question, which is a profound question, but he's trying to trick Jesus. And he says, teacher, Jesus, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Then it goes on to say, you might think that Jesus was going to finish there, that that's the greatest. But as Jesus often does, he sort of makes things interesting. He says, the second is like it, love your neighbour as yourself. So Jesus is quoting from Leviticus and Deuteronomy there uh, when he talks about the greatest commandment actually being two. And you can't have one without the other. You see, if we were to take the command to simply love our neighbour as ourself, uh, we would just be a community that is into social justice and to uh, works and striving to do stuff, but without the grace and, and the love that is uh, of Jesus. And if we just took the great commandment to just to be loving God and just in worship, we'd just be this kind of ethereal sort of body just sort of doing nothing practically in the world. And so the two go hand in hand. In fact, uh, in our Vision Sunday, I talked about how our visions sort of linked on from one another, how as we put our di- roots deep down, that enables us to reach out our branches and to grow our branches. And there was a, a natural flow in that um, concept. And there's a natural flow in this concept too. As we love God with everything that is in us, with our whole being, as we are devoted in our relationship and, our, and we grow in our intimacy uh, with our, our God, and as we are so overwhelmed by that love that he pours into our hearts, there is a natural onflow out of that relationship to actually reach out and to love others as God has in, indeed loved us. And so we love God with everything that we've got not only with everything, but above everything. More than our job, more than our kids. For some of us, that might be easier than not. Uh, more than our spouse. We love God with everything and above everything. And out of that love flows a passion and a joy, a desire to share this goodness this freedom in Christ, this love with those around us. And so I want to just look at a couple of really simple principles, a couple of observations out of this passage this morning. And the first thing I want to look at is what I'm going to call the proximity principle. The proximity principle. And this really ties in wonderfully with uh, Carol's teaching in our prayer evangelism uh, she ran a course last year that a number of us were involved in, and it's a, a method that we're taking hold of as a church about praying for those who are near us, those in our street, those who are close to us. You see, Jesus says that we are to love our neighbour. Now, I can probably hear what some of you are saying in your head. 
where you're saying, hang on, Jesus might be saying, well, our neighbour isn't just our neighbour, but it's everyone who we meet. In fact, uh, the Good Samaritan story that flows on from Luke's account of this same interaction with the, uh, with the, with the Pharisee goes on to talk about the fact that our neighbour is whoever we come across and whoever is in need. So you might be saying, hang on, our neighbour, I, I, I clarify my neighbour as my work colleagues or those who are in my sporting club um, or, or that sort of thing. What's really interesting is that the Greek word for neighbour that is used here, and I've got it up here, is plesion, which actually, if you look at the meaning of this word, means those who are near, close, beside, or near to. So when Jesus says that we are to love our neighbour, the word that he was actually using was we are to love those who are near, those who are close to us, those who are beside us. So the word neighbour actually means neighbour. See, I believe that God has sovereignly placed us uh, next to who our neighbours are. In fact, uh, in Acts chapter 17, uh, this is um, Paul's, when Paul was in Athens and he saw the, the image of the unknown God and he explains it to them as part of that, that, um, that explaining. He says here, from one man he made all nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out there our appointed times in history. Do you know that God appointed our time in history to be here? And says the boundaries of their lands. Now, I was um, talking with, with someone this morning who's just put an offer on a house and they're very excited. They're in calling off period at the moment. Joe and I have been umming uh, uh, and ahhing about whether we perhaps uh, move and we've been looking at houses. Now, when you look at it, when you're going to look at a house, you've got a list of things on your priorities, haven't you? A number of bedrooms. Is it close to a park or close to public transport? Uh, and we try and get all these things right when we're thinking about where we want to live. Now, I wonder what God's list is for us when he puts in place and appoints for us the boundaries of our lands, the boundaries of where we live. He might be saying... That family over there is in real need. I could put anyone in that house or I could put you in that house knowing that you're going to have an influence on them. See, God is interested in people more than numbers of bedrooms. Love your neighbour literally means to love those who are near you. And, And... so the, the Pharisee in Luke then asks a really interesting question when Jesus says this. And he says, well, who is my neighbour? In other words, he's actually trying to get a little bit of wriggle room. Can I get out of loving my neighbour? Because if I redefine who my neighbour is, then I can sort of get out of the command to love my neighbour. And so he asks Jesus the question, well, well who is my neighbour? And then Jesus uh, explains in the parable of the Good Samaritan, one of the most um, famous parables uh, that we have. In fact, anyone remember that Christian Television Association ad not that long ago with the puppets and the Good Samaritan? 
Oh, help, I'm mortally wounded. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) A very popular parable. But in that that parable, uh, a young man is travelling down a road and gets beaten up. And and those who you think would assist him in helping him, you know, a priest, a Levite, uh, those in society that you think would would be able to support and help this person who's beaten up and, and hurting on the side of the road... And then a Samaritan, someone who the Jews did not associate with, comes along and picks the guys up, bandages him, helps him, puts him on his horse, takes him to an inn and pays for his accommodation for him to get better. It's an amazing parable and in that Jesus is saying that we, we can't say that our neighbour is, is someone based on our agenda or on what we think is a person who is able to be helped. The central idea is that we don't focus on our agendas or on our networks rather than on the needs that are right in front of us. For the Samaritan, there was a need that was right in front of him, that was right near to him, that was right beside him. And Jesus is saying that is the person to help, even if there's no previous relationship. Now, I get the point that Jesus is making that we should help and love all people uh, in all places. But surely that statement in itself includes our actual neighbours. You see, when we focus on the big picture, sometimes we miss the obvious. Or we sometimes justify our actions to not to love those who are living right next door to us. In our desire to make everyone our neighbours, we unintentionally make no one our neighbour. In our desire to make everyone our neighbours, sometimes we unintentionally make no one our neighbour. So here's this expert law Pharisee who's trying to, in a way, get out of the command to love his neighbour. And I wonder if sometimes we do the same thing and we ask if there's any wriggle room out of the command. And what I want to say this morning and what really came to me as I was reflecting on this again is that this is not a suggestion by Jesus. This is not a, an idea that we could maybe get around to one day if we feel like it. Jesus says this is the greatest commandment. It is a commandment to love our neighbour as ourself. And so really there is no wriggle room. And I sometimes hear uh, in conversations uh, things like this. Well, I'm not really gifted to be outward looking. Or my personality doesn't enable me to do that sort of thing. Or... I'm not that way inclined. Can I remind you that Jesus doesn't say it's for those who are gifted or those that are that way inclined or those whose personalities fit. Jesus' command is to love our neighbour. And it is a command. In fact, I wonder if we were perhaps 
uh, a soldier in the army and our sergeant came to us and said to us, I want you to go scale that wall. And we said, well, you know, I'm not really built for that. Um, you know, my legs aren't very strong and, and that sort of thing. And the sergeant would say, no, scale the wall. I'm, I'm commanding you, I'm telling you to, to go do that. In fact, we see this not just from Jesus, but all through Scripture, this really important command to love our neighbour as ourself. I love the way Paul puts it in Romans chapter 13. He says, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. Then he goes on to say, The commandments, as we know, thou shalt not commit adultery, you shall not commit murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And I find this next bit really funny. And whatever other command there might be. It's like Paul's like trying to get on to the point that he's trying to say. It's like, in fact, I don't even, I'm not even going to list all the other ones. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Let's just get on to the important bit. Whatever color the command are all summed up in this one command. To love your neighbour as yourself. What he's saying is, as we love others as ourselves, all of the other commandments fall under that. In a similar way, um, in Galatians chapter 4, 5, he says, Serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbour as yourself. There it is again. And then James, in James chapter 2, if you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbour as yourself, you are doing right. And so really there is no wriggle room, there is no way out of the command that Jesus has for us to love our neighbour as ourself. Secondly, second principle, I'm going to be calling the kindness principle. Now, you might be looking at that and thinking, what do you mean by that? And that is that we are to love our neighbour. Um, uh, G.K. Chesterton uh, said this wonderful quote, and it's kind of funny, but it's kind of profound. The Bible tells us to love our neighbours and also to love our enemies, probably because generally they're the same people. <laughs> See, some of us hear this command to love our neighbour and we think, well, we sort of look at our neighbour and not only do we find it hard to love them, but we don't even really like them. Um, or there's certain, certain attributes about them that we, we don't agree with or, or don't, don't like. In fact, I came across uh, this funny little joke uh, when I was doing my research uh, Mr. Green peered over his fence and noticed that the neighbor's little boy was in his backyard filling a hole. Curious about what the youngster was up to, Mr. Green asked, What are you doing, Jimmy? Tearfully, little Jimmy replied, My goldfish died and I've just buried him. Oh, that's an awfully large hole for a goldfish, isn't it? said Mr. Green. Patting down the last bit of earth, little Jimmy said, Yes, that's because he's still in your cat. (laughs) Um, For for Joe and I, our literal neighbours had a dog. 
for a while that just barked and barked and it barked when they were away it didn't bark when they were at home so they didn't know that it barked and when we homeschool and we're home a lot it barked a lot and so Jesus says to love your neighbor but sometimes that concept is difficult uh, because of situations that annoy us perhaps I wonder what it would what would do to us if it said if Jesus said to like your neighbor what if Jesus said like your neighbor what if Jesus said be kind to your neighbor I think that does a lot for our minds doesn't it but it doesn't say not only doesn't say be kind or it doesn't say just like or tolerate or put up with your neighbor he actually says love your neighbor so what does it mean to love Love is not uh, a fuzzy feeling. Love is a doing word. It is an action. And we see love defined in Scripture in 1 John 3.16. We said this is how we know what love is. We know what love is because it's been demonstrated to us by Christ Jesus who laid down his life for us. And for any... Um, of us who would be married and maybe doing a marriage course or pre-marriage counselling or something would get drilled into us this concept that, that love is not something that we do in order to get something back. Love is something that we do for love's sake. That love is sacrificial. Love is giving. Love is um, laying down ourself for the better, betterment of another person. And so that's what Jesus is saying when it comes to our neighbours. It's not just to like them or to tolerate them. It's actually to, to sacrifice and to give up and to love them in a way that we aren't necessarily expecting anything back. See, often we might engage with those around us because we have an agenda or, or wanting them perhaps maybe even, and, and I'm putting myself out here Say so we are to love without even expecting them to come to Christ. We are to just simply love them. It might be that they come to Christ, but that if that's our agenda, sometimes people can read through that agenda and they're not being genuinely cared for and loved because we're wanting something out of them. We're wanting something out of this uh, interaction. So, so the kindness principle is really to be loving for love's sake not in order to have anything uh, reciprocated, but to simply love because God loves them. And this is what we saw happen in the early church. Uh, We saw hospitals built, uh, widows cared for, orphans cared for, because the church went out of their way to love their neighbours. And people saw it and were attracted to it. So how then do we love our neighbour? Well, the answer is in the text. We are to love our neighbour as ourselves. Now, some people might have, some, I've heard it, people sort of twist this and say, well, we've got to love ourselves first in order to then know how to love other people. But I think if we're all pretty honest with ourselves, we're pretty good at loving ourselves, aren't we? <laughs> We're pretty good at uh, doing a lot of activity that centres around our self-preservation, our self-gratification, our self-interests. 
In fact, I came across uh, this church um, sign that said, love thy neighbour as thy iPhone. (laughs) Puts it perfectly. See, we're very good at loving ourselves. We're very good at putting time and devotion and passion into the things that interest us. What Jesus is simply saying is I wonder if we put that same passion and interest uh, into the awareness of our neighbours' needs. See, if we are to be a church in 2021 that is reaching out to bear fruit seriously, we need to start looking at those who are right next to us, who are placed next door. In coming weeks, we're going to be talking about our spheres of influence, but this week we're concentrating Who is Jesus calling us to love? He is calling us to love our neighbour. And as we love God with everything that is in us, we are going to love what God loves. And God loves his neighbour just as much, if not more than you. He loves your neighbour so much. See, in the the parable of the, the Good Samaritan, we see Jesus. We see Jesus as that Samaritan, and we see ourselves as the one who's beaten up, the one who is in need. And Jesus has come, and he has entered into our world, and he has taken upon himself our sin and the consequences of that sin, and he has bandaged us, us up. We have found freedom in him and life in him, and he has done that just because he loves us, just because he loves us. And he has done that for every single person in the world. For God so loved the world. He loves your neighbour so, so much. So I believe it's time for us to get intentional about really reaching our neighbour. Really be praying for. And uh, Carol was great in asking us to pray for our neighbour here before in our seat but we can be praying for our literal neighbours in our streets and see what opportunities God opens up for us to serve and for us to be kind, not just tolerate, but to love for love's sake. I was talking about our neighbours before and um, our neighbours kind of keep to themselves pretty much like I'm sure a lot of your neighbours do. We seem to have this society where people sort of get in their car and and drive to work and come home and open up the roller door and shut the roller door and go behind closed doors and no one really sees each other much anymore. Um, Apart from when we had the bushfire not that long ago near us, all of a sudden everyone came out of their houses and was interested in each other's lives. I thought that was really interesting. Often it takes a an emergency for that to happen. But our, our neighbours keep to themselves. They've got the roller doors. They've even got a gate before you get to the front door. And uh, we, we rarely see them. And whenever I hear them over the fence, I'm like, I'm going to take this opportunity because they're so private. And a little while ago, we've got these this big pittosporum hedge that's right on the boundary. And I, I talked to them and said, look, it's getting really, really tall and it's getting out of hand. Do you mind if I lob the top of it? Because it's kind of on the boundary. It's, it's yours as well. And they said, oh, we were going to pay a gardener to do that. That's great if you do it. 
Okay, fantastic. So I've got my chainsaw out and I've, I've logged off and I hadn't finished it and it's looking a bit messy. And the other day, it was about tea time and I know tea time's a time that's really important at our house that we're all on board and we're all <laughs> making things work. And I heard their voices and I'm like, oh, they're out of their house. And not only were they out of their house, they're on my driveway. So I kind of run down to the driveway. I'm like, I'm going to take this opportunity to engage with them and say hello. And they were kind of looking at the job that I did on the hedge. And I was kind of looking at it a bit embarrassing, <laughs> thinking, oh, it doesn't look that good. I haven't finished it yet. And in a way, I was kind of apologising. Oh, look, I've still got work to do. and I'll, I'll, I'll fix it up. It will look better than that. And, and they were really impressed. That, like They said, well, how did you chop it down? I said, oh, I've got a chainsaw on a on a pole, I've got a battery power chainsaw and I can just I can just do it that way. And they're like, oh wow, that's incredible that you've got the tools to do that. And we got this in this conversation and they were talking about how they often have to pay a gardener to come in because they don't have the tools. And they said, oh we've got this hedge in front of our front window and we like where we live because we've got this view that we can see the sea and the hills. And for two years we haven't been able to see this view because we've got this hedge that's grown up too high. And I said to them, well, do you want me to trim it for you? And they're like, oh, no, no, we'll, we'll get someone, pay them to come and gardener to come and do it. And I'm like, but I've got the tools. I'm, I'm often out in the garden. It's not going to take me much time to just come and trim your hedge too. And they're like, you'd do that? It's like, yeah, sure, I'd do that. And so they're from an opportunity of them being on the driveway and me running to them, God has opened up an opportunity for me to serve and to love our neighbour. And so that's what we need to be praying for and looking for, is for those opportunities, those doors that are going to open up as we pray for and ask God's blessing on our neighbours, that as we engage, he would open up an opportunity for us to love and to serve them. In fact, in Colossians, it says precisely that be wise in the way you act towards outsiders make the most of every opportunity let's be making the most of every opportunity that God opens up for us I think it's amazing that God has placed us here in this community we have neighbours we have those who are beside and near to us and I'm so proud of the tribe that out of our Vision Sunday talk they on their own, they didn't have someone come up to them and suggest it to them. Our tribe kids have said, we want to reach out to our, our neighbours, our residents here, by blessing them with a food hamper. I thought, that's so good. What an amazing way of loving our neighbours, coming from our kids, as an example. Some of you might still be in that boat of, it's not my gift. I don't feel comfortable doing that. You know what we can do? we can pray for God's blessing on our neighbours. We can at least do that. In fact, Carol has shared with the prayer evangelism that she was one of those people that felt uncomfortable and said, I'm not that sort of person. Oh, but I can do this. I can be praying. And so on, as you grab one of these on your way out, on one side, on the other side is a slip of paper and I've um, grabbed something from Empowered Homes, which is a website 
which is really taking seriously uh, loving our neighbour as ourselves. And they've got a prayer guide from Sunday to Saturday about ways in which we can pray for our neighbours. So we can start with that. Let's, let's spend a couple of weeks, well, beyond that, really, but intentionally praying for those who are right next door to us. It could be as you're taking the kids to school. It could be as, as you drive out the driveway on the way to work, as you walk the dog past their house. Every day to be intentionally praying and asking for God to open up those opportunities. So make sure on your way out you grab one of those slips of paper. It's just a simple cup, like 30-second prayer each day that we can be praying for our neighbours. Jesus says, love your neighbour as yourself. Let's come back to the simplicity of that as those who want to follow Christ and those who want to reach out and and bear fruit this year, that we can be doing that in our local neighbourhoods. We're going to sing a song now, and Hannah has chosen this song to sing, and I love that she has because it fits right in with what we've shared about this morning. And as we sing this song... um, can I be encouraging you to be thinking about your next-door neighbour, to be bringing that person, that couple, that family before the Lord, to be asking God's blessing and favour on them, that as we sing this song, it will almost be a prayer, and that, that as we do that, let's be also praying for courage and for those open-door opportunities for those driveway moments where we can run down and we can have a conversation and we can see what God does with it. Who, who knows? Maybe, maybe the Lord is, is going to be using us in a really powerful way in the coming weeks and months uh, in our neighbours' lives. So let's, let's stand and let's sing this song and really ask that God be doing something in our hearts He'd be revealing something to us, whether that be a blockage or whether that be an opportunity or a thought that might be coming to mind. Could be an invitation to a meal. Could be anything. And so, Lord, uh, as, as we look at this concept of loving our neighbour and as we look at the, the word that you use for those who are near to us, Lord, as we, um, Lord, as we sing this next song, Would you come and would your spirit do a work in us? Maybe we need to take courage. Maybe we need to step outside of an excuse or a justification that we've had in our minds. Maybe we need to get beyond the thought of tolerating them and to loving them. Maybe we need to be prioritising in our minds the time that we spend on ourselves compared to the time that we spend on others. Lord, there is so much in all of this. There is so much to learn and grow in. And Lord, we could strive and we can try, but it is all in vain unless you build it 
and unless you do the work in us. So Lord, as we sing this song, just pray that you'll be touching our hearts. Reveal to us how to be encouraged to, to leave this place changed and renewed in order to take seriously your command to go love our neighbour. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me be filled with kindness and compassion for the one. The one for whom you love and gave your son for humanity. Increase my love. Let's sing that together. Let me be filled with kindness and compassion for the one, the one for whom you love and gave your son for humanity. Increase my some notes from when Sam was speaking and sort of occurred to me that there's a bit of a, a funneling effect or a filtering effect that happens and so you said God loved us first so then we might love God in return and that's kind of can can sometimes feel big and shapeless and sort of esoteric you know kind of a large concept and then we we then have the next step down which is to love people and that again can feel a bit sort of big and shapeless. This sort of this this mass of people that we're supposed to love, and then it sort of filters down again. And we love people who are local, love people who are near, um, love people that you. Then it sort of comes down, you know, who, the people I click with, the people I maybe don't click with. So it sort of gets a little bit sharper. The image changes, and then. You start to get a bit of shape to it. Love the people who are next to you. Love the people who are near to you. Love the people who are close to you. Love those maybe you share your home with. 
and then love yourself. I guess that's sort of the the ultimate sort of simple one. Sometimes we get that one. We sort of understand how to love ourselves a fair bit. Why don't you pray with me? Let's close. God, help us to hear this and ask what we can do to love you and love people. Help us identify the opportunities to love and serve you, to love and serve people, uh, to love and serve locally, to love and serve those near us, to love and serve our families the way you loved and gave yourself for us. Amen. That concludes our service. If you'd like uh, prayer or um, to speak to somebody, there's a, there's a prayer room just at the back of the hall, just first door on the hallway there. Um, you're welcome to sort of head in and meet with the team there. Otherwise, please do stay for tea and coffee, uh, stay for fellowship, love those here, love the people nearby, and uh, go into your week in peace. Thanks, everyone.